0: This is Larie Daniel Favors, and welcome to the hub. Today, the amazing Tatenda Musapatike, joining us again, returning to the Marie Daniel Favors Show. Tatenda, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Let me read this sister's bio. Uh, She spent over a decade working on digital platforms and in tech to support progressive causes. She was most recently a senior advisor at Acronym, uh, where she built a $12.5 million program from the ground up to expand the electorate. This program worked to reach, register, and mobilize Black and Latina voters across eight states in the 2020 general election and in the Georgia Senate runoff elections, uh, closely engaging with over 200,000 new and infrequent voters. Tatenda, it is such a pleasure to have you back here on the show. Thank you for being with us again today.
1: Thank you. I need someone to hype me up like this every morning.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I don't need it's not hype when you're actually doing the work uh, and we are actually building the institutions that are going to help us all do the work. Talk with us about your latest effort. Uh, we are less than a month away from the uh, upcoming election. There is a lot on the line. What are you seeing in the field and what do you think is going to be most effective at ensuring that voters in Georgia and in every state where it matters and that mat- it matters in all of them are going to actually turn out this year?
1: Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Um, we are doing a lot of work. So as you mentioned, we are less than a month out from the election. Um, we are only a few weeks away from some of the first voter re- registration deadlines. And by a few weeks, I mean a week away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh-huh. we are working in uh, five states. So Pennsylvania, Arizona, uh, Michigan, Georgia, I'm missing one, (laughs) sorry, Um, to do voter registration work online. And that work looks very different. And I I find it to be supportive and additive to a lot of the other programs that exist. So for your listeners, there are multiple ways that uh, organizations like mine that are interested in helping people vote or register to vote operate. Um, Many of those organizations are focused on field work. So when you run into someone who asks you if you've registered to vote IRL, in person. Um, That is how the bulk of this work is done. However, we know that the internet is a really powerful communication tool Mm. that has the power to persuade people and to give people information and access to how it is that they can register and vote. And so our organization is focused on harnessing the internet for that use. So we want to inform people about when their deadlines are, how it is that they can register, facilitate them doing that online, while also, um, as much as you hyped me up this morning, giving them the the hype that they need um, online, not in an election year, to be thinking about why civic engagement is important. Mm. So right now we are in like our Super Bowl time, for sure, trying to make sure that we are driving as many people as possible who are unregistered or who are least likely to vote. So people who we know don't vote frequently um, to get them to register, to make their plans to vote, um, to feel better about our institutions and just really provide as much truthful, honest and frankly, cool content. Um, we pride ourselves on not um, creating stuff that you would see. It's something that doesn't look like a political ad. Um, that way people are more likely to engage with the content and not be bored and not dismiss it because we know that while this content can be effective with some people, like especially young folks, like I, I hate political ads. I don't even know how I'm in this industry. Um, <laughs> and so uh, we don't want our content to look like anything typical, because that's just not how people are using the internet these days.
0: Right. And when it comes to younger voters in particular, or younger potential voters, uh, what I'm seeing in terms of how young folks are using, I hate saying young folks, it feels as though I'm no longer a young folk. Uh, For this conversation, I'm not. But when it comes to how they're engaging with uh, online platforms, TikTok has been, it's been a real eye opener, because I'm on there to follow my son. But it's been a real eye opener to see how Shortened content pieces, how direct conversation, uh, p- young person, the young person, how some of these patterns are really influencing uh, the way folks are going to be voting. You guys are doing, I believe it's a 3.5 million buy in states like Pennsylvania. And, and what is that looking like in terms of what you're seeing, how people are responding to the ads? And, and are there lessons that folks should be following in other states to similarly target infrequent voters and voters of color?
1: Yeah, I would say, especially with young people, they are the most no BS. I, I don't no BS uh, group <laughs> out there. They do not follow. I think what even like I am a middle millennial for sure, and we liked a lot of polished content. We created, you know, very filtered and um, specific aesthetic uh, social content, and that is just not how younger people consume media. So I would say that the biggest thing is to keep it one hundred. Um, -hmm. and, and that can mean, you know, not over polishing your content or not trying to make it seem like, oh, this is so easy or all of that. It's really making sure you have messengers who look like who you're trying to talk to, um, that you're creating content vertically and in a way where, you know, people would think that, you know, oh, my friend posted this is one, one big thing.
0: I think the other thing is to Creating content vertically. What does that mean?
1: Like literally holding your phone vertically
0: Oh, and, and <laughs> I thought, are we talking but, about multiple layers of intersection? Or oh, you mean, instead of having it to the side, uh, horizontal, have it straight up and down so it can go on acro- across yes. multiple platforms? Wow. And here I was yes. overanalyzing this. Oh. <laughs> All right, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, but yeah, it's a simple thing, you know, people don't think about, especially if you come from like a film background and you're like, oh, I want to make something beautiful that will inspire people. You certainly can horizontally, like holding your phone horizontally. But um vertical shooting right now is where it's at for a lot of social media. Um, so just by not
0: even knowing that I I just and I want the audience to to catch why this is a thing for me just by not knowing that a lot of us are trying as hard as we can to get messages out but just that one thing you holding your phone in the incorrect way is going to mean that it can't even be seen across multiple platforms so just that little bit of insight those types of tweaks are the ways that we should be thinking about how to more creatively engage I know it seems surface but if you put all your effort and hopes and dreams into your video and it can only go on Facebook where ain't no young people at anymore I shouldn't say that there's some still there, then you're really not making the most out of that moment. Am I understanding that correctly, Tatenda? Yeah, like think about it. If you
1: want your video seen in an Instagram story or in a TikTok and you have have filmed it horizontally, you're getting less screen time. And when you get less screen space, it's it's more difficult for someone to get your message, especially if you have text on screen. Um, and so literally, it's about capturing time. It's about capturing attention. And in most platforms, in order for you to capture time and attention, the way you're going to get the most screen time is by having vertically focused content. Got it. And it's something that can seem so small. But we make... Really quick decisions about what it is that we view and remember online quickly. So, I uh, used to be at Facebook and sold political ads when that was still a thing. Mm-hmm. And while there, we learned that the human brain can remember a brand within 0.25 seconds of that brand entering theater screen. Wow! Think about that. It takes a quarter of a second for your brand to recognize a, your brain to recognize a familiar brand. Wow. And so, knowing that these are the time differentials, it is important to make sure that you know, your message, what we want people to do is at the front, that we capture that attention within that quarter of a second that we have, Mm. that we are ensuring that we are taking up as much of the screen and either drawing people to want to complete the video or putting that message right up front, or maybe a mixture of both in order to make sure that that message is at least getting captured by brains, right? Mm. And so there are so many things that we think about not just in terms of messaging, which is also important. Um, We'll have more lessons about message after we've done some analysis on what we did this cycle. But even those just really technical tweaks on how it is we want people to receive our messages matters. Um, And so, you know, these are things I've been working in this for, as you said, over a decade where the guidance also will change. I have no idea how we're going to be using social media in the next two years. It will not be the same as what we do this year. And that's kind of why I love this work. There are right answers for a little bit. But it's constantly changing and evolving. But the thing that isn't changing and evolving is the mission. The Mm. thing that isn't changing and evolving is the fact that we need to have more people participating in our democracy, not just because I think it's fully imperiled, but actually, if we're not doing that, then what is this experiment called America, right? Um, And so it's I hope one day to like work myself out of a conundrum where everyone (laughs) votes and it's fine but I don't think that's happening anytime soon so you know while our tactics may need to shift the need for the work never does and and how it is that we continue to reach audiences who are spending their time wildly differently than people five ten years older than them is is exciting
0: right it's exciting and it's also scary because it, it means I'm constantly in a phase of keep up so this is great in terms of political engagement it's really bad for parents who are just trying to keep (laughs) up with what's happening but can we talk a little bit about how you have seen effective messaging at combating against misinformation or or like there's this like little kernel of truth and then a whole bunch of lies based around it and I'm, i'm seeing this so much more and i know it's something that we have to talk about every single election cycle but i'm concerned that we're not really as effectively combating uh the the disinformation campaigns that we literally are seeing pop up all across the country in ways that are scary because they are convincing uh people believe them and and it's hard to combat it when it's got that little kernel of truth in it and it's in a meme that's really flat like you said it flashes up really quickly it, it sort of locks in the brain and how are you able to combat misinformation or disinformation when it comes to using these these 15 30 second very quick uh types of ad formats how does how have you seen that work are you seeing effective ways of combating it I guess is the real question
1: so I don't know if I'm going to make you feel any better but I Uh (laughs) I'm going to try so the thing about misinformation and disinformation and how people harness that is that if you are responding to it you've lost Once it is out there, it's always out there. And so, you know, studies have been done that have shown like if you have misinformation or disinformation appearing in a feed and you say on that piece of content, this is fake, the person actually doubles down on receiving it and reading it and believing it because humans don't like to be told that something that that they from people they trust or something that looks appealing to them or something that verifies their own preconceptions Mm. is bad. Mm. We don't like that. It's not, like if we see something that feels familiar and feels like it could be true to us and already, you know, speaks to something that we are believing on one level or another, popping up and saying, you're wrong, that's not right, actually forces many, many people to double down on that. Wow. And, and so once we are at this point where we are responding to individual pieces of misinformation or disinformation, we have lost the game.
0: So how the should we be responding? Because that did not make we you need feel to
1: good. Have- <laughs> Yeah, we need to have, have proactive messages because what is most effective against countering misinformation and disinformation is one showing people an opposing perspective. Mm. So when people have the opportunity to question one thing versus another, then they are more likely to say hey this thing can't be right or to have more people giving positive information that counters that dis- misinformation or disinformation online in, you know, a real world environment. So, you know, when someone's saying something and they have friends or family like hey, talk to me more about that. That doesn't seem right. And not like screaming at them, but just saying that doesn't seem right. Like, and just asking questions and probing questions and saying, well, you know, this is true. Can this be true? Tends to be more effective. So what we need to be doing is we need to be having a proliferation of content online that reinforces positive, good values and messaging about voting. Mm -hmm. What we need is more truthful content about voting. What we need is to surround sound um, people who are susceptible to misinformation with contradictory, truthful information. That way they are constantly questioning when they see something that doesn't comport with what they have been seeing. So we need
0: truth bombs. Which is what the, our
1: organization bombs. does. We need exactly. truth bombs.
0: Okay, so we just have a minute <laughs> And they or need two to left.
1: be year round. That's yeah.
0: the part. That's the part right there. Uh, so how can mm-hmm. people find out more about how your organization does it? Are you guys putting out content that we can be retweeting and resharing? How, how can we support amplifying the truth bombs that you guys are, are putting out at Voter Formation Project?
1: Yeah, we tend to put stuff out um, on... A state by state level specifically to folks who don't um, vote or or register to vote who we can model but if folks are interested in our work they can head over to our website we have an active blog we also are on at social media or on social media at at voter formation formation as in Beyonce um, across most platforms. Um, And then if they are really interested in supporting our work, please go to our website and hit donate. Um, We are always looking for support there and your dollars go directly to helping amplify these messages, especially right now. So um, those are the best ways that folks can get in touch with us. Um, Uh Um, And if folks want to get in touch with me, um, I am connected to (laughs) that fateful get in touch button, so please
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) feel free to to
1: connect with us there.
0: So I just want to make sure people are clear, Tatenda. And am I saying your your name correctly? Yes. If I'm hearing you correctly, we should be less concerned about spending five hours formulating the perfect 17 paragraph Facebook response post to that disinformation. And we should instead spend that time creating truthful information that will flood our misinformed folks with accurate information instead. Yes.
1: And honestly, like if you are seeing it, like instead of just saying no, maybe just post a, a few articles that, that show the opposite.
0: I love that. I need that. I up. mean, that
1: that was my take before I just stopped engaging. Um, <laughs> so that's what I do. I'm just like,
0: mm, okay, we will Instead take this, that. We, and I, I am reminded that it is so much easier to destroy or to engage in attack than it is to build. And to me, I see this as a, a metaphor for that. It is so much easier uh, to know it's not true. And this is why and that, 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 than it is to think about how to create content that shows what is true. And that's why having access to groups like yourself who are already helping to generate that sort of content that we can spread and we can share is super, super informative and helpful. Tatenda, thank you so much for being with us. I know we are just a month out for the election. We're going to have to get you back after the election so that we can do an analysis and a deep dive as to how it all went. Thank you for being here today. Thank you
1: so much for your time. I appreciate it.